This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. to the Cleveland Guardian Fancast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardian Fancast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFancast.com. Big win for the Cleveland Guardians, and they have won the opening game of the three-game series against the Minnesota Twins and catapulted themselves into a tie with the Twins for first place in the division. Again, the statistics are a little off because the Guardians haven't played as many games as the Twins. But basically, they're tied for the top of the division, which puts them in great shape if they can uh, get out of this series with a series win or even look at sweeping the series. Kind of ambitious goals, but that could happen. Uh, You put yourselves in pretty great position, and then you'll see the Twins again here pretty soon for a five-game series, so it's pretty exciting. Aaron Savali had a great return to the rotation, just made one big mistake pitch, leaving a cutter at 86 miles an hour in the middle of the zone to Kirilov, who hit a two-run double. A lot of people pointed out that he was getting squeezed that inning, which is true. Home play umpire missed an obvious strike, but you know that's going to happen. Umpires aren't perfect, so they're going to make some mistakes. The umpire missed an obvious strike to Minnesota low in the zone later in the game, so I guess that all works out. Austin Hedges had a great framing job to grab a strike down there, but he wasn't really giving many strikes low in the zone, so it just was something that was going to be part of the game. So can't leave a cutter in the middle of the heart of the plate like that or and expect to get away with it. So uh, that was fine. Three to two Guardians, and then Eli Morgan had a rough outing. Nice to see the team pick up Eli Morgan, who came in and got a couple of change-ups drilled. Guys were obviously sitting on the change-up, so you know you kind of had to get him off the change-up a little bit, and he and Hedges had trouble doing that this time. Then eventually he got out of the he got out of the inning after he gave up a three-run homer to Luis Arise. I feel like we should probably give Arise the Jose Ramirez treatment if there's runners on base and you know the game's close. Maybe just intentionally walk him if there's a base open, uh, which there was a base open at the time. I would rather see Buxton than Arise because Buxton might strike out and Arise isn't going to strike out. But it's a tough call. Both of them are good hitters. The Twins are a pretty good team. I hate how good the Twins relief pitching is. Dang it. You know, their starting pitching isn't great. It's better than I thought it would be. But they have some darn good relievers, and I just hate it. Do not like seeing those relievers come into the game, but... The Guardians managed to get some runs off these relievers. Uh, we had Emilio Pagan, who looked great against the Guardians early in the year, but left a slider to Franwell Reyes, who hit it out. And Reyes struck out four times, but hit a home run. And hey, if he can do that, that's what you need. He showed why he's important in this lineup. You know, you don't have guys in this lineup who you can really count on to hit home runs, except for Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor. And Josh Naylor hit a two-run homer in this game as well. Had a good game. Uh, he's you know, settled in as your first baseman option, and that's great to see. So, um, you know, you need that 
home run threat. It kind of changes everything about the game, gives you a chance to come back and tie a game like they did in this game, and Framel Reyes was responsible for that. Andres Jimenez, he's the one that gets the game-winning hit in extras, uh, and he's done that all year long, hitting 4-10 with runners in scoring position. And I saw in high leverage situations, he's got a 293 WRC plus, which, you know, is just incredible. Like three times, two, three times above average. Um, and uh, just incredible to see him performing and uh, just love to see him making his way onto this team and being reliable. Also give a shout out to Brian Shaw, who did Brian Shaw work and got a squirrel inning. And Emmanuel Classe, who is just absolutely dominant. Now, he did give us a little bit of a heart attack because the guy got a hold of a pitch at the very end of the game, uh, kind of ambushed a fastball and drove it to the wall, but Stephen Kwan caught it. Kwan got moved to the leadoff role, which was great. He went three for five, and that's a very Stephen Kwan thing. Miles Straw looks absolutely lost. Framo Reyes looks more like he knows what's going on at the plate than Miles Straw. It's pretty concerning. I still remain confident he's going to figure it out, but I do wonder if it's one of those things where, hey, Miles, is your you know ankle bothering you a little bit? Do you want to go try to work on things in Columbus and take a deep breath? Do you want to take a couple games off? You know, you know Tito will try things like that, but tonight he tried dropping into the ninth spot, and it didn't quite pay off. Uh, Austin Hedges uh, looked great behind the plate and looked terrible at the plate, and that's kind of how it goes with him. But, man, what a team win for tonight, and nothing positive, nothing negative to say overall about this team. Everything positive as they continue to hang in there against good teams and really show what they're capable of. Even when Jose Ramirez only hit a double tonight and didn't do much else, they had their, their opportunity, and they came away with a win, 6-5 to five and 11 innings against the Twins. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about pitchers in the minor leagues for the Guardians, some pitchers that you should know. I've gone through and I've ranked pitchers that I really feel like everybody should kind of know about and pay attention for, and I've ranked them in terms of like how much I expect them to be able to help the Guardians in the near future. And you'll find some disagreement on all this, but that's kind of my idea behind it. <laughs> and when I say help, it doesn't necessarily mean debut with the Guardians, but help the team in terms of like be a player that you can rely on to come in and give you a quality start uh, at the major league level. So that's what I'm looking for here. First of all, you probably heard about Daniel Espino. He's got some knee issue right now that hasn't let him pitch since May. Uh, but Daniel Espino is 21 and a half years old. He has a 17.18 strikeout rate, a 1.96 walk rate, and a 1.51 x expected FIP. So in case you don't remember, FIP is fielding independent pitching and just kind of a way of neutralizing defensive noise. So ERA kind of doesn't take into account your defense, whether it's really good or really bad, and doesn't really take into account like normalization of fly ball rates and home run rates and so forth. Expected FIP tries to take all that and normalize it. So a 151x FIP is incredible, especially for being at double A at the age of 21.5. Espino is definitely a top prospect in the organization. He should be able to help the team in 2023. And if the team's in a playoff push, probably at the end of 2022, as long as he can get back from this lingering little knee tendonitis. 
Gavin Williams is next on my list. 22 years old, 10 months, 13.4 strikeout rate, 2.8 walk rate, 2.54 X FIP at Lake County. Just got moved up to Akron. A little bit of bumps in the road as he head up there, as he headed up there, which is not surprising. But again, this is the second best prospect in the system, uh, in my opinion, and you can expect him to help the team also in 2023. Some pretty great starters coming up to help the team in 2023. Another guy that I think we could might see at some point in 2022, especially with these double headers coming up. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we see Logan T. Allen added to the roster maybe late in the year, maybe September. But I think we might see him get a chance to pitch this year. Uh, now, he's a left-handed pitcher. Uh, Daniel Spino and Gavin Williams are both right-handed. Logan T. Allen, uh, just so you know, it's not the old Logan Allen. Uh, he has a 12.68 strikeout rate, 2.68 walk rate, and a 2.9 XFIP. And that's all at Akron. And so he's been pretty dominant, and he's able to control those walks and also get a lot of strikeouts. That's what you want to see. He's 23.9 years old. So getting older to the point where you really kind of need to bring him up. I mean, he looks like a guy who's got to start at some point for the team in 2023. And just makes you wonder what they're going to do with all the starting talent. Like, we possibly even be thinking about moving Cal Quantrill back to the bullpen. And that's crazy because the guy is a reliable starter. But if you have that much starting talent, guys who can be absolutely dominant, like number two, number one starting pitchers, number one being Espino Williams, number two being Logan T. Allen possibly, uh, that's amazing. I know Fangraphs thinks Logan T. Allen is is a uh, reliever, and if that's true, he can be an incredible reliever. Really exciting player from this year, Joey Cantillo. He has a 20, he's 22.6 years old. He has a 13 Point thirty one strikeout rate, 3.94 walk rate, a little bit high there, 2.98 XFIP, left-handed pitcher at Akron. He just needs to come up to Columbus. He's been dominating in AA. You see what he's capable of Columbus, but it looks like the Guardians should be very grateful that they were able to keep him and not have him get selected in the Rule 5 draft. Only 22.6 years old, putting up those numbers in AA is incredible. And another left-handed pitcher who can throw that ball in the mid-90s, uh, just an amazing pitcher to have around. The Guardians are just stocked with pitchers, and you continue to see that on this list. A guy that I'm super excited about, Tanner Bibby. He has he's 23.3 years old, 13.17 strikeout rate, a walk rate of two, which is only topped by Espino on this list, an XFIP of 2.75. He is in Lake County, so he's not quite in Akron, but he should be in, in Akron because he has been absolutely dominant in Lake County for quite a while now. So hopefully Cantillo will go up to Columbus. Bibby will move to Akron. We can see what he's capable of there. But again, he's got numbers that kind of remind me a little bit of Shane Bieber, which is crazy. I mean, Bieber's walk rate was even lower than that. But um, Bibby's he hit 99 last night, and he's been sitting around 97 when he starts, which is just incredible. He's He's an amazing pitcher to see. So very excited about that. Tanner Burns, also at Akron, 23.5 years old, 10.99 strikeout rate, 3.77 walk rate, 3.73 XFIP. Another right-handed pitcher that he just looks like he's going to be a major league starter. Xavion Curry, 23.10 years old, 10.97 strikeout rate, 2.45 walk rate, 3.81 XFIP. I think Curry probably ends up being a reliever, but he's going to be a dominant reliever if he is, and he could very well be a number five starter. And he kind of looks that way. 
Hunter Gaddis, 12.31 strikeout rate, 3.12 walk rate, 3.50 XFIP, 24.2 years old, and a tall um, left-handed pitcher there. He's a guy that you're going to want to have. Uh, sorry, uh, Gat, uh, he's a guy that you're going to want to have uh, in your rotation as well very soon. Um, and he's pitching for Akron and probably, probably should be brought up to uh, Columbus anytime now. I accidentally said that he's a left-handed pitcher. He's actually a right-handed pitcher. I was thinking of Doug Nikhazy, who's left-handed. Get those two confused in my mind somehow. <laughs> anyway, another guy to keep in mind, Rodney Boone, just got moved up to Lake County from Lynchburg. At Lynchburg, he had 11.65 strikeout rate, 1.48 walk rate, 2.68 XFIP. Had a little bit of a rough start in Lake County, which is not unusual when you move levels. But as a left-handed pitcher, he's also got to keep in mind somebody who's got definitely major league starting potential and exciting to see. Uh, Connor Pilkington, we've seen him in the majors, left-handed pitcher, 6.91 strikeout rate, 3.14 walk rate in Columbus, 4.85 XFIP. He's actually pitched kind of better in Cleveland than he has in Columbus. Um, and you can see what he's capable of and also see that he's more than capable of being an effective major league reliever. Tons of pitching talent here, which is so good to have this kind of pitching depth. Peyton Battenfield. Battenfield had another good start tonight. He keeps having good starts and not striking anybody out. He's 24.9 years old. Pilkington is 24.10 years old. So both a little bit on the older side of this group. 5.87 strikeout rate, 2.19 walk rate, 5.23 XFIP for Peyton Battenfield. Now, I know that we have some fans of Peyton Battenfield out there. I am a little skeptical about whether he can sustain what he's doing in the majors, but I suspect he might get a shot at some point this year to start a game, get added to the 40-man, and get a chance to start a game, especially if he sees some of the other relievers struggle and the team thinks, okay, we can make Battenfield a reliever if need be. Uh, that could happen. That could be a, poten a potential outcome this season. Aaron Davenport. 21.1 years old, 10 months, 10.67 strikeout rate, 5.44 walk rate, a little high there, 4.68 XFIP. Uh, he's a Lake County, another guy, right-hand pitcher, got starting potential. A guy who's a little more exciting, 22.2 years old. He's got a 10 strikeout rate, 2 walk rate, 2.06 walk rate, 3.51 XFIP, left-handed pitcher at Lindsberg. It's Will Dion. And you may have heard about him because he'll light up the radar gun. And he's an exciting guy to think about for the future. Certainly looks like he could be an amazing reliever if he doesn't pan out as a starter, but starter's very much in the realm of possibility. Trenton Denholm, he's got a 22 point, he's 22.6 years old. 11.45 strikeout rate, 2.91 walk rate, 3.51 XFIP at Lynchburg. Again, looks like a guy who can be a major league starter. Doug Nikhazy, mentioned him, left-handed pitcher for Lake County, 4.89 XFIP, 11.81 strikeout rate, 7.17 walk rate. Walk rate's way too high. He's been lowering it lately, though, and that's, those strikeouts have been absolutely coming for him. Another guy who absolutely is going to be a major league reliever if he doesn't pan out as a starter, kind of a fourth or fifth starter. Finally, just wanted to mention Tobias Myers, who's had a really tough time of it in Columbus. 23 years old, 10 months, 5.53 strikeout rate, 5.15 walk rate, 
6.51 XFIP. Pitched a little bit better of late. I think he's definitely got potential to be a, an effective major league reliever if they would decide to go that way, and it may be something they look at doing. But just trying to make sure if he might not have fifth starter potential. So I've gone through this list, and I just want to emphasize to you that the team has so many options of good pitchers in the minor leagues. These are all names that you should know and follow and look at the box scores for Columbus, Akron, Lake County, and Lynchburg and see how they're progressing. Uh, but this kind of illustrates why the team's in such good position for the years to come. You need to have so much pitching you don't know what to do with it in order to survive the rigorous demands of a major league schedule and the injuries that can happen to pitchers. And that's what the Guardians are set up to have right now. Now, how they fit all these pitchers in their roster, it's going to be difficult. They're going to have to make some trades to kind of shore up the roster. But remember, every effective starter can be a super effective reliever in almost every circumstance. So that really helps you kind of set up your bullpen. It also makes me think the team is not does not need to be desperate to make a move for a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher at this deadline, even if people think that it would be nice. And the bullpen right now is pretty good, and we also have a lot of guys who are going to be knocking on the door soon who can contribute in that bullpen. A great day for the Cleveland Guardians. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy thinking about these that we have coming up. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.